Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, here with Pastor Adam. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. We are out on a new series right now, and I'm Yay. so excited about it because I feel like be. I struggle with it. You might not be after we talk through it. <laughs> yeah, once I start talking through it, I'm going to be like, um, let's end this right now. <laughs> yeah, this is the cool one. This is a cool one. This one's one that Steph and I struggle with a lot, so we figured we'd just throw our mess on out here on the Messy Walk Podcast, right? Yeah. See if we can help ourselves. Hopefully we help you too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's called I'm Offended, How to Deal with a Spirit of Offense. Yeah, so I'm offended. Um, we're going to talk about this spirit of offense idea. I've been wanting to talk about this spirit of offense thing for a while, but not, um, but I don't, I don't know how to put this. I want to talk about it, but not really. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, you know... Is something I've struggled with a lot in recent years, especially. I don't think this used to be me, um, but it has been a lot more recently. If you notice in our culture, um, in the past several years at least, how much how much offense has taken place in the church, in relationships, in politics, and worse, uh, social media. Like, yes. it feels like half of social media is um, funny videos of cats. And the other half of social media is people offended, right? You know, like people upset, people annoyed, people offended. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it's just everywhere. In the last few years, offense has gone crazy. Um, and I've experienced it firsthand. Um, I know that I have offended people and I have had people offend me. Um, and if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you have too, unless you've been living like a hermit crab somewhere under a rock. You've been offended in recent years, and you have offended somebody as well. Because here's the, here's the thing, too, with social media, that we all have this platform where we can stand up and declare to the world um, what we believe, why we believe it, why we think it, and then also at the same time use that platform to uh, intentionally tear down others and what they believe and what they think or what they feel, or to do it like under the surface, like sly-handedly, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so it's just all over the place. Um my wife Valerie is uh, she's a pretty good woman, like all around. Valerie's probably one of the best people I've ever I've ever known in my life, mm-hmm. and she's pretty level headed on most things, and she just deals with things really well. And Valerie has been um, how do I put this? Valerie has been the audible voice of the Holy Spirit to me in my life for a long time. Right? You know what I mean? So, yes. um, like I think that the the number one way in which I have known the gospel on this earth is through her and her forgiveness of me and stuff like that, right? But then also, like, when she says something to me, it's more than just a person saying something. It's more than just my wife saying something. Like, it's like the Holy Spirit speaking directly to me. Um, And for the past several years, maybe not as much in the last year, maybe there's been some growth, but the last several years, she's told me this. And I remember the first time she said it. She said, you have a spirit of offense. And I got offended by her saying I had a spirit of offense. Like, <laughs> Look, she's actually said it to me too before. She's like, you got a spirit of offense. And I didn't know how to take it when the first time she said it. I was like, what does that even mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, and I really, I immediately got offended at her saying I had a spirit of offense. <laughs> I know, right. You know? And I had to start, I was trying to defend myself immediately. And, I, and so... 
she said it the first time, and of course we just got into an argument, or I blew it off, or whatever. And then she said it to me multiple times before. And one time we actually sat down and discussed it because I was like, "What do you mean by this? I don't really understand it." And she said, "Like you know, it's like every time you turn around, anything anybody does, says, thinks, or whatever, it's like directed towards you personally." You know, um, and, and, you know, and I was like, I don't agree with that. And then I got to thinking about it more and I was like, she's right. You know, like, and I used to not be like this Steph. you know, I, I, I used to not be like this, but it turned into like, you know, when somebody wouldn't speak, uh, instead of me going, well, maybe they didn't see me. Maybe they didn't notice. Maybe they had something else in my mind. I would immediately think, oh, they got a problem with me. Or there's some issue with me. And the last several years of ministry, there's a lot of people that have problems with me. Does that make sense? Or, yes, or that people makes sense. In, people in spiritual leadership. Like there's people that disagree with you, they don't like you, whatever it is. And um, and I've used that as like this excuse, and I think the enemy has used it in my life, as this like excuse to be offended and then make everything about me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so anybody says something, doesn't say something, there's this undertone of, well, they don't like me. Right, they got a problem with me. Um, like I, I did it to the point where anybody who left church for any reason at all, I felt this deep-seated offense by it. You know, even though, I mean, there's all kinds of good reasons that people change churches, move, leave. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like not always negative. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, um, as a matter of fact, most of the time it's not, um, and that's something I've had to come to grips with. Like most of the time with people leaving an organization, leaving a job, leaving a church, whatever it may be, almost none of it has to do with them having some significant problem with a person, right? It usually has much more to do with a, they have a complex life. There's other things that are going on there, you know. Mm-hmm. And But Valerie would say it to me constantly, you know, like you you have a spirit of offense. And, and it wasn't just random people in the culture, in the community, in the church, whatever it was. It was also like with my family, with my wife and kids, you know, like the kids. I mean, we're talking about children. The children would do or say something, and I would take it as this attack on me being a father. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. this attack on me not being respected as their dad, you know, when they were just kids being kids or they were just saying something offhandedly or they they weren't ignoring me on purpose. You know, they were just kids not paying attention. Yeah, you know their what focus I mean? is just somewhere else. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would just take it all to be offensive. And so I was just – it may it, it has made me – and I'm working on it, or, or the Holy Spirit's working on it in me uh, through my wife, really. Um, it made me cynical. I get that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where it was just like, you know, everything's just, everything's bull, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you, you can't trust what anybody says, and nobody really cares for you. And I bought those lies. I mean, I've, I've, I've had the enemy sell me on, nobody really cares about you, Adam. They just want what they can get from you. As their pastor, I can't imagine you know how I mean? that feels. Yeah, and I and I bought into that lie. I bought mm-hmm. in the lie because it's totally not true. It's complete. Right. It's a complete. Not everyone total lie. wants something, right? Yeah. And I bought into the lie of your children don't respect you. Your wife doesn't respect you. You know, the enemy loves to throw that up into men's faces, right? You know, and not just men, but women too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not appreciated. You know, those kind of things. Nobody sees you. Um, and so you just develop this natural spirit of offense, which we'll talk about in the series, is actually coming from the enemy. Um, but it's just been it's just been something that's going on in my life for a while, and I didn't bring up this topic. So we were sitting around with uh, Steph and and uh, your husband Jonathan, yeah. and we were brainstorming on our next series. And you brought up this whole 
spirit of offense thing. Um, and then it was like, we both were like, well, it sounds like we both struggle with that. And Valerie has called us both out on it. Yeah, so, I think it's a sign. So it might be a sign we need to work on being offended. Um, and I don't mean like, I think when we hear offended, we think of the current culture. So we think of everybody being offended by all these things. And that's part of it. But it's deeper than yeah, that. Yeah, it's much deeper. It's much deeper. And for me, it's not necessarily being offended by Republicans or Democrats or you know, social issues. For right. me, it's more of a personal thing between me and other people. Yeah, relational. Yeah, yeah, it's relational. And it can, and it's in deep relationships, like close relationships. Um, Valerie says to me all the time, or she has in the past, you know, that I'm always looking to pick a fight with her, um, that I'm always looking to take anything she says or does and turn it into some way she slighted me, right? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, and the same thing with my children and with certain friends and groups and then just generalized folks in the church. You know what I mean? So I'm being very honest by saying this I'm out glad loud, you're right? being honest, yeah. I'm being very honest because it makes me sound like a uh, complete, total idiot and – you know, but it's just true. It's more common though than you know. Like a lot of people do this. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think that's good that we're talking through it because you don't hear, and you also do not hear anybody talk about this. You hear about people going, "Well, the world shouldn't be so sensitive," and you know what I mean. They like, just go that route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go the snowflake route. Yeah, like that's anybody what they who's do. offended, they call them a snowflake or whatever it is, right? Um, instead of going with, "No, I think there's a problem here." There's a there's a demonic force. I'm going to go there because that's yeah, what I feel right. like it's in my life. There's a demonic force that is trying to cause division, break up unity, pit us against each other, right? Where we have anger. We'll talk about all of this in the whole series. Anger towards each other, where we don't love each other. You know what I mean? And, this, and, and the scripture tells us constantly, like, we're not fighting against other people. It's not flesh and blood. Right. That's the enemy. It's principalities of darkness. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? And so the, 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 there's this demonic thing that makes us focus on ourselves, makes us self-righteous, right? And everything offends us. Um, and it's deeper than just getting offended by whatever's going on in the culture. You know what I mean? It is. So for me personally, this is raw. This is kind of real right now, like kind of current. Yeah. And... Um, and I and I have just really realized over the last year or so, which may be why there's some been some strides in it. Maybe that's why my wife hadn't said this to me in a while. Um, <laughs> is because I've just started to see, hey, this is true about yeah. me. Like this is this is accurate. I'm constantly annoyed and taking things personally. Everything's per. You know, if you're taking everything personally. That's a sign. We're about to give you some signs, a bunch of them, right? But and uh, they're rough. <laughs> they are tough. So, so that's kind of where we're going. We're going to talk about being offended in general. The spirit of offense. We're coming at it more than just, um, you know, you being offended by uh, who's voting which way and all those things. It's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna help in this episode. We're gonna try to figure out like how you can tell if you have a spirit of offense. And then what we're going to do in the next several episodes, so the one after this, we're going to talk through biblically what does it mean to be offended. We'll give you some biblical-related stuff. Um, we'll look at Old Testament language and New Testament language, and we'll figure those things out. And then we'll start walking through what having this a spirit of offense does. So I just mentioned a minute ago, it causes division, it creates hatred and anger, um, it comes from self-righteousness, mm-hmm. um, it it, it, it 
Makes you uh, bitter. Right, right. There's bitterness there. Um, it does not allow love to actually happen. And yeah, so you're when right. We're offended. You you can't love and be offended at the same time. They don't work. It's not possible. Um, and then we're going to conclude the whole thing with how do you deal with this, right? So if you listen to the last series on mental health, we ended all those kind of episodes with, or or several of them. We gave you with like all right, one, twos, and threes on how to. If you struggle with this or if you know somebody who does, what do you do? So we're going to end this whole series with a, all right, how do we deal with this in our lives practically? Um, how do we fight against this? How do we dismantle yep. um, a spirit of offense? Because that's what we got to do. we got to actually dismantle it. It's going to have to be taken apart piece by piece by piece mm-hmm. because it is very deep and it is very layered. So you can't just listen to the podcast and you go, you know, right, I'm offended all the time. I'm going to decide not to be. It doesn't really it's work that, that way. It's not that easy. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Um, it, it's a lot of layers to it. So you got to kind of dismantle it piece by piece by piece to get to the core of it. And then it's a consistent thing that you're going to be working through that I'm going to – I mean, I'm not say y'all. We are going to be working through yes. on this episode. This episode reminds me of one that Chloe and I did a long time ago. Chloe. Um, I think it was called um, Spilling the Tea. Oh yeah, and it was about gossip. And I remember her talking. We about that. both were really, mm-hmm. really uh, convicted mm-hmm. in that episode. Um, really convicted, and so this one reminds me of that. So this is uh, something that Steph and I are dealing with right now, personally, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be working through it with you as we talk. Right. So there's not a whole lot of moral authority going on right now in this moment, <laughs> <laughs> other than. Uh, uh, we identify, right? So yeah. I identify. I identify as a uh, as an offended person right now, Steph. Yes, me too. You do too. All right. So let's jump in. This might take us a while because there's a bunch. We're gonna give you uh, thirty things that you can help to answer the question: um, Do am I somebody that has a spirit of offense? And by the way, all 30 of these things came from this really cool website blog that my wife turned me on to a long time ago when she told me that I had a spirit of offense, and it's called PeacefulWife.com. So <laughs> I have been taking uh, notes from PeacefulWifeTheBlog.com, uh, PeacefulWife.com, which is kind of cool. I'm going right? to check that out. It is, it's, yeah. really, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I can't believe I just said that. So yes, Adam <laughs> Cook reads PeacefulWife.com. He reads blogs, y'all. I do. It's a good one. All right, so let's jump in. This is where that's come from. So Steph and I cannot take credit for what we're about to read. All right, here you go. We got 30 of them. It's going to take us forever to get through these. So as we're reading them, as we're asking the question, you got to answer it of yourself. And Steph and I are going to pause on some of them and talk about us um, individually. All right, number one, am I more concerned about being right about everything than anything or anyone else? Is what you care about being right? Mm -hmm. This is me in lots of situations. Uh, especially, here's what's funny about it. It's it's more about with people that I'm close to than it is with um, people I'm not. Like, with people that I'm close to, I want to be right. Yeah, and you I know want them you to do know that, that I'm right. I want to know. I want them to know that I'm right mm-hmm. constantly. So that's the first one. Now remember, as we're reading through these, you ain't got to answer yes to all thirty before you diagnose yourself as somebody with a spirit of offense. <laughs> it only takes a few, but they are rough, right? <laughs> they they are, are rough. All right, number two, Steph, you read number two. Do I tend to focus on other people's faults? Ooh, 
That is something I struggle do with. Do you focus on other people's Sometimes. faults? Like when you look at someone, do you immediately think times. about the things that they do wrong or the mm-hmm. things that they have issues with or whatever? Is that what you focus on? That's number two. Number three, I'll do three. Do I feel it is my job to correct people's mistakes in many areas of life? Are you the morality police for people? If you're that person who is constantly like, I have to point this out. These people are wrong. They're not doing this right. They need to do this you know, better. And, and you know, you also maybe will do that on social media instead. Like you don't hit a one individual person. You just happen to see somebody posting about how they live sexually or whatever it is. And so then you feel like you got to go on your page and then not, not tag them. But just make sure you lay out to there everybody how they should be living. What they Passive aggressively. Right? Yes, yes, exactly. All right, what's number four, Steph? Number four, do my words tend to be laced with negativity and criticism about situations and people? Mm. Yeah. I will answer that as in private conversations, yes. Yeah. Yes. It, right? Definitely in private conversations. In public conversations, not as much, but in private conversations, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna. By the way, we're going to stick this whole list in the show notes for um, – and when I say show notes, I just mean description on wherever you listen to the set because we don't know how to do show notes. So <laughs> it'll be in the description. We'll put the right. whole list in there because we're going through them quick. All right, what well, number real? Five. Five. Do I vent often to others about things other people did to upset me? Mm. <laughs> and it's got vent in air quotes. It does. <laughs> do you vent constantly about what other people did? To upset you, it, is is the way you process your day at the end of the day to focus in on here's what this person did and this is what this person did and this is how they looked at me and this is what this person said this is how they acted is that how you summarize your day is that how you ask it that's pretty pretty rough I tend I used to do this a lot yeah a lot my way I would end up describing the day was well this person said this and this person said this you know and I would just be frustrated about it and just kind of it's almost like you're spewing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like spewing negativity. Unfortunately, I've done that more recently just with the season I'm in, and I do recognize that. Yeah. yeah. What up? Six? Um, number six. Do I tend to have a short fuse and or raise my voice easily? Mm. Short fuse. It's because, we'll get to this, it's because a spirit of offense breeds anger really easily. Yeah, right? it does. So we raise our voices. We got a short fuse. My wife has told me this. Now, it's been much better over the last year. That's good. But my wife has told me this so frequently over the last four to five years that I just will, at home, I'll just quickly, I'll just raise my voice so fast with the kids um, or get mad, just get angry so, so quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it comes back to that whole, I'm taking every little thing they do as some personal Personal, attack. You know what I mean? Right. When they're just really being kids. Uh, Number seven. Do I believe that it is unacceptable for people to disagree with me? Hmm. I, I don't feel that uh, most of the time. You know what I mean? Like that's not one that really yeah, I'm okay hits me. With it, but yeah. I do think about people. There's a lot of people around where it sure seems like you don't think it's okay for anybody to have a different opinion than you have. Um, oh, yeah. I encounter that people like that a lot. All right, you're, you're up. Okay, number eight. Do I feel it is my duty and responsibility to make people change their minds to match my opinions, my convictions, and my beliefs by verbal force if necessary? Mm. Mm, I don't really know about that one. I don't mean either. Number nine. Do I verbally attack, insult, or try to humiliate people who think or act differently than I want them to? Yeah. Mm. 
That's that's I'm hard for that, a lot of people. I might could get to that point if I kept on walking with this spirit of offense. You know what I mean? Like I could see where that would happen. Gets out of control. Yeah. I can see. Well, as a pastor, yeah, I can see where this would happen easily because you have this platform as a pastor to um, engage, teach, lead. But a lot of times that platform gets abused where you are wagging your finger and telling everybody how bad they are. You know what I mean? Like, we've all been in churches like that. Yeah. Um, and it turns into using a platform that you have, and you know, you know it's, it's your responsibility, it's your duty to come at people, which then means that you could, you know, you could verbally abuse them. Um, there's a lot of people in leadership positions that have spirit of offenses, and they verbally abuse, attack, belittle people that are beneath them. You know that what I mean? sucks, yeah. It does, it does. But I bet it roots from a spirit of offense. Um, what number, am I supposed to read, number nine? Num- no, ten. Ten, yeah. Do I think I truly know best and everyone else would be a lot better off if they only listened to my great wisdom? Uh, yes, I do think this. I don't say it out loud, but I think it. I think it all the time. Um, matter of fact, I... Uh, joke to myself sometimes after this. I can't believe I'm admitting this. I joke to myself sometimes afterwards. Now, I don't break confidences, but after like meeting with certain people, pastoral counseling type session, yeah, I'll say to myself, well, these people are just idiots. Why don't they just do what I tell them to do? Right? Why don't they just, you know, here, this is simple. Just do this and move on. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do think that. All Number right, you're, 11. You're 11. Um, I, mark, I, I got a mark beside this one. <laughs> <laughs> Number 11. Do I have a hard time forgiving even the smallest slights from others? Hmm. This, this is, if I had to like go through this whole list and go, all right, Adam, these are your biggest ones. This would be like the top one. Um, I have a really hard time like letting go of even little bitty things. Um, like I, I remember how or why somebody said something. And then, like, I may not actually say it back, but in my mind, I'm thinking about how I can use that again later. You know what I mean? Like, never yeah. forget it. Never let it go. Never forget those things. Just hold on to them. That's what Valerie pointed out to me for years. She was like, you just hold on to the littlest things constantly. And they just fester and they just grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, one little thing was said. And there will even be forgiveness. A person will say, I'm sorry. Like, her, she or the, you know, the kids or whatever, they'll say, they're sorry. And I still won't let it go. I'm holding it. You know, yeah, I may not bring it up to them, but I'm holding it. It's kind of like the whole forgive and forget, but you're not forgving or forgetting. <laughs> so I'm gonna laugh at you. <laughs> it's pretty true. It's easy to you know, do, do though. I'll give you an example. This one happened recently. Um, I had to correct Olivia for something. Can't remember what it was, and then I was critical of her. Um, I came up to her room. And she said she was cleaning her room, and then she told me she was about done. When I came by her room and looked at it, I thought it looked horrible. And so I was like, how can you be about done? This room is destroyed. You know what I mean? Because she's a teenage girl. You yeah. Know what I mean? and, uh, and she was like, Dad, I've been working on it or whatever. And I was like, this is not working. You ain't worked on nothing. This is horrible. And I was being very critical. And she was like, Dad, you suck. You suck. You suck. She said it to me like three times. And I got mad, punished her, walked away. So you're going to be talking to me like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, there was apologies. I still held the grudge. There was apologies and all those things. And then uh, every time the word suck came up in anything, in the back of my mind, I would go, that's Olivia told me I sucked. I mean, everything. And then I would I would say it sometimes. Sometimes I'd do it in a passive-aggressive joke, but I'd bring mm-hmm. it up. Like we were watching a vacuum commercial on the television Thanksgiving Day. 
and it referenced the sucking power of the vacuum. And all I could think about was Olivia telling me I sucked. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So just holding on to those little bitty little things. But that was like her trying to verbalize how she felt in the moment, and that was just the word she thought of. Yeah. And I didn't and, mean and you she sucked. Yeah. And she apologized mm-hmm. right after it, too, and then apologized later because I wouldn't accept her apology from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like there was true reconciliation that was there, but yet I was still holding on yeah. to this one little thing that was said instead of letting it go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I do have the hard, I do have a very hard time forgiving anything, much less, I mean, even small little bitty stuff, even small little bitty things. And that's that spirit of offense ruling, reigning. It's you rough. know what I mean? Uh, 12. Do I tend to hold on to grudges, resentment, and bitterness? Really goes along with the last one. Me and Steph both marked this one, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. It just, it's together. Like, I, I feel like in the last, maybe not as much the last year, but in the last decade, I have become so bitter about things. So bitter. Yeah, I totally feel you know, that. About the way situations have gone or people or, I mean, the COVID thing, I am so bitter about this COVID thing. I know. So bitter. Like I, and, and I'm bitter. I am, I am so bitter about and cynical about people's church attendance patterns. Like it just, I don't know. I have this flippant bitterness about it it just drives me crazy Um, yeah i honestly feel that way about COVID in a different way like i felt like it took the last years of my 20s and suddenly i was 30 and it just makes me so mad sometimes i'm like that's not fair you know and you hold grudges and you just yeah just just so much resentment there Mm -hmm. um this has been a big this piece right here which i think why is why valerie has said this to me too so much is this has caused a lot of marriage problems for us Mm-hmm. Like me holding grudges, me being bitter, me resenting. You know, she doesn't do it as much. Like, I'm sure she does some, but, you know, I've said and done some bad stuff to her. And she literally lets it go. You know, like once we reconcile, she lets it go. But I'll hold this crap forever. And it causes us problems. Like, I, you know, two, three, four weeks will go by and I don't want to talk to her. Now, I will, but I don't want to. Yeah. Because I'm still holding a grudge. I'm still bitter. I'm still resentful for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's bad. It's bad. And that's that spirit of offense, once again, ruling everything, right? Trying to undermine, right? Undermine everything. You know it's from the enemy when it's yeah. when it's just this, like, deep-seated undermining. And it's stealing from you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, stealing, it's stealing the moment. It's stealing joy. stealing happiness. It's stealing all those things. Um, number 13. 13. Do I tend to have very rigid expectations and be able to bend or be flexible in relationships? Yeah. Do you tend to not be able to bend very much? Um, you got these specific rigid expectations and everybody's got to meet your expectations. Um, I used to feel like this about church stuff, especially like I had these expectations that everything needed to be absolutely perfect and I wasn't going to bend. And so it was worth it was worth putting somebody through the ringer um, to make sure that there was no spots on the carpet, you know, instead of going, okay, it's not that big a deal this week. You know what I mean? Like little stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, four, I'll read 14. I put a note beside it anyway. Do I tend to be a perfectionist and get upset if things are not exactly the way I think they should be? <laughs> Steph's nodding her head. <laughs> For myself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very much so. It depends on what it is. It's not that I do everything perfectly. It's that sometimes I know exactly how I want something done. And when it's not done that way and I find the mistake, I just sometimes get frustrated, especially at work. 
Um, I want to do a series on perfectionism, like how to defeat perfectionism, because it's been a big issue in my life for a long time. We should. As long as I can remember, it's been an issue for me. Um, and the sad thing is, is that it's, it's, it's never fully satisfied. Like it's these set of expectations that are never met. And even, and even though you'll push that on somebody else, like I want this done exact way, you don't even do it that way. Exactly. Yes. Like like it's an impossible standard that's never met. So it's like you're setting yourself up for disappointment all the time intentionally. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the key to combat, I'm working on this personally myself right now. The key to combating perfectionism is actually with excellence. Yeah, and you're right. two different things. It's two different things. Like being perfect is impossible, right? It can't happen. You can, though, you can do things with excellence, and excellence is possible in any situation or scenario because excellence it has nothing to do with what you have. It has to do with what you do with what you have, right? I so like that, you yeah. Can be, you can do things with excellence and not have anything. Like, So I'll give you an example. When the church first started, you were there. We had nothing. Like right? we didn't even own chairs. Yep. We had to borrow chairs from the volunteer fire department and pray they wouldn't ask for them on Saturday, which they did quite frequently. We had to go get some more. Right. Um, and the chairs all had like spray painted names on the back of them. You know, Milton Volunteer Fire Department or whatever it was. You know what I mean? And then yep. my dad went to Ollie's one time and bought. Uh, oh, excuse me, Ollie's didn't exist back then. Big lots and bought seven chairs and they were all mismatched color. But we would make sure we took those chairs, the ones we had, and we made sure that they were lined up as good as we could line them up, right? That was excellence with what we had. You That's know, now yeah. the church has chairs, and they all match, right? Um, but excellence is not found in everything being exactly like the way you would want it in some preferred perfect future, right? Having unlimited resources, right? Like, you can have excellence and not have nothing. You can just do – you can do with what you have the best that you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a much better way to live than perfectionism. There's a lot more grace there. That you can celebrate successes when you're pursuing excellence versus pursuing perfectionism. Perfectionism yeah. is a sign of, you know, it's definitely a sign of you have a spirit of offense. Yeah, and trying to no, control things. Because nothing's ever right. Yeah. What I would do in my past, I was so perfectionistic that when I couldn't meet my own expectations, I would lie to other people and to myself. Because I knew I couldn't meet them. So I'd lie to cover it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, bad. I get that. Bad. All right, what's the next one? The next one is 15. Um, do, I go, do I go on an all-out verbal assault on anyone who dares to question or criticize me? Assassinating the person's character and acting like a prosecuting attorney in a criminal trial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's Man. rough. People are going to stop listening about right here. Yes. All right, number 16. Do I have difficulty finding sin in my own life and tend to assume I'm a very good person with few sins in my own life and have no trouble at all finding a lot of sin and wrongdoing in other people's lives? Like, I'm good. I got it together. I'm fine. Other people got a lot of messed up stuff. They should be like me. That's the tone that's coming from that one. They should be like me. Okay. All right, you're Number 17. I got a mark beside this one, too. Do I tend to assume the worst possible motives of others? Yes, I do. I do it too. Yes, I do. And I used to not do this, man, but I'm telling you, now I just assume constantly, well, the only reason this person is doing something nice is because they want something from me. Or, you know, what they're really going to do is they're going to do what these same other people did. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. And like, that definitely is my first thought. And I have to like talk myself down from it. Because it's always just going to come up, I think. But it, it it takes work to be like, okay, actually, maybe they didn't mean it this way or do it this way. Yeah, yeah. or maybe this is not that person. Right? Yeah. I was listening to a Dave Ramsey episode not that long ago, and the 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 lady that called in, her and her new husband, they had been married like five years or so. They had both been married prior. And they both um, – excuse me. They both – were now in their new marriage, they were handling all their finances and everything separately. And Dave Ramsey paused in his wisdom and said, did both of you guys come from a marriage where the other person was really bad with money and it ruined things? And she was like, yes, both of us did. And she was like, you got to, you got to realize that you didn't marry that person again. This is a new person and they have to have the ability to be themselves and not pay for the mistakes of somebody else prior that they didn't even make. Yeah. Right. Cause you're now, you're now just assuming that all people are going to be like that one person who hurt you or that people that those people that did those things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm, yeah, that one's tough. I do tend to assume the worst of people most of the time. And I don't do it to their face, and I don't tell them. Yeah. Right, but I'm admitting it right now. I do. 18, do I have to have the last word in an argument? I marked beside this one, and I put my wife's Valerie's name beside it because – Not because of her, because of me. I do. I have to have the last word. Even if I'm mumbling under my breath that nobody can hear it when they walk away, I'm still getting the last word in. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like I have to win. I have to be heard. You know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. not being heard. And as another way that I'm so offended is, you know, you're not listening to me. I need to get my voice heard, you know, instead of worrying about what anybody else is saying. Uh, okay, number 19. Do I think of myself as morally superior to other people? Mm. That kind of sounds like 16. Yeah, it's very similar. Um, you know, you're you're good, you got it together, other people don't. Which, by the way, yeah, no. by the way, um there's another one at the end that kind of sounds like this too, but I see a lot of people politically fall into this category. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a lot of in in a lot of people it may be a spirit of offense that's happening with them that they're so charged politically that their side is right and everybody else is completely wrong. Like there was this Christian kid in Olivia's class when they were in like the fourth grade, fifth grade, something crazy like that. Like they were little. And this kid was like, I think this was the, I think this was the Hillary Clinton Trump election time. And this kid who was like 10 years old was handing out Trump flyers and was saying, if you vote for Hillary Clinton, then you are not a Christian. There's oh, no way terrible. to be a Christian and vote for Hillary Clinton. And then what's funny is, is I'd heard plenty of adults say that too, right? And I was like, good day, that just that's rough. But you, you know, know he's I mean? heard it from home. Yeah, yeah, but that's rough. Yeah, you know, it like is rough. That we're going to judge somebody's, you know, faith walk. faith walk on who they vote for in a situation not knowing their context or whatever. Right? I mean, that's another way where you're putting across this whole, I'm superior morally. Right. That's you're true. Not, you know, a lot of people do this politically. A lot of the political craziness is really a spirit of offense. Yeah, it is. It's the enemy trying to uh, divide is what it is and make everybody offended at everybody and everybody thinking everybody else is bad. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, number 20. 20. You is it me it? or you? I'll do it. Do I tend to burn a lot of bridges in my relationships and cut people out of my life even if they apologize and try to change? What do you think, Steph? 
Um, I have to get to a point with people if they continue to do. Yeah. And then I eventually will just come uh, when I say cut them. I mean, like, I just will be like done with the relationship. But, um, yeah, I can say I feel like I struggle with that sometimes it, when it comes. You know what I mean? What I tend to do is keep people at, at arm's length, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what, especially if they've done something or said something. I just end up. It's not that I cut it. Yeah. But I just keep it out here. You know what I mean? I get that. Yeah, that's probably a better way. And some of that might be cutting. Some of that might be okay, right? Twenty-one. Am I much more concerned with voicing my opinion and telling people my thoughts than understanding what other people think or understanding their perspectives? So, do you have to feel like you've got to get your thoughts out and what you believe versus actually listening to somebody else? Half of our problems in this world, especially in this country, could be solved if we would not feel the need to tell everybody else what we think as much as listening to what they think. Yeah. Actually pausing to listen to their context, to what they, you know, because you can listen to somebody without actually believing them or agreeing with them. You know what I mean? That's right. All right, 20, what is it? 22. All right, you're up. Do I tend to find negative things to say about the pastor's sermon, my boss, my parents, my in-laws, the way my husband helped me with the kids, the way my son took out the trash, et cetera? Yeah, do you do you find negative stuff to say about whatever is around you? I think that's very easy to do. Yes, it is, and I tend to do this. Yeah, I mean, me too. Yeah, and even if I don't say <laughs> it, I think say. it a lot. Yeah. Right? I'll criticize, especially if we go to any sort of event, anything. I'm criticizing why they do it this way, why they do it that way, why didn't they do it this way, right? <laughs> Yeah, I saw (laughs) I saw this video the other day and it was talking. I mean, I might quote it wrong, but I think it was like a TikTok video and it was like on Instagram. And they were like when the uh, they're basically saying when all the other family left and the core families left to uh, talk about what just happened or whatever, basically (laughs) debriefing. Like, that's literally what's happening right there. It is true. It is true. All right, uh, 23. Mm-hmm. Do I always feel it is my responsibility to confront people on anything they say about which I don't agree, no matter how small the issue may be? Do you feel like you must verbalize your point if you disagree with somebody, even if it's small? I don't feel like that. I don't. All right, 24. Okay, 24. Do I feel everyone around me owes me an answer for their thoughts, words, decisions, and deeds, like it is my right to question them? Mm. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. All right, 25. I'll mark this one. Do I give the cold shoulder treatment to people often? Yes, I do. I do. Especially my family, people close to me. I'll give them the cold shoulder and a heartbeat. And then that's a, that's also that thing I was saying earlier about keeping people's arm links. Some of that's cold shoulder too. But it's like at the same time, sometimes it's like while I'm doing that, I also am just taking a breather because I'm like, I don't want to say nothing I'm going to regret. Yeah. yeah. But I then think- I might take it too far and keep it going. <laughs> I think there's some wisdom in let me pause so I can, what's the way, the word is um, so I can reply, mm-hmm. so I can respond instead of react. Yeah, that's There's true. wisdom to that. But if you are constantly always going, I got to pause because I'm going re- to react the wrong way, then you probably have a spirit of, you're offended too frequently. That's then, true. If it's that's all the true. time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like if it's all the time. Because you should be able to naturally respond in some ways that not you having to pause every single time before you say something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like pause, pause, pause. Yeah, right. And <laughs> hey, why are you pausing all the time? <laughs> <laughs> You've been jacked up. I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> all right, 26. Am I quick to share gossip 
all about the terrible things other people have done to me. So am I quick to share all the stuff people have done to me, which basically is gossip, to my husband, my family, my coworkers, and other people? Yep. Am I quick to share what people have done to me yep. instead of being slow to share that, right? Spirit of offense. 27. You got it, Steph. Go for it. Do I tend to verbally abuse other people who don't agree with me, insulting them and cutting them down? I don't do this. I don't either. Um, although I, a lot of times I'd like to. That sounds bad. But 28. Do I let my emotions have free reign and let my anger have its way when someone ticks me off and not restrain my words if I feel even slightly offended? So do we let our emotions and anger just rain when somebody makes us mad? It depends on the person. Yeah, I think it happens most with people you're closest to, yep. like we said earlier. Yep. Um, 29. Do I genuinely wish harm on people who don't do what I want or who disagree with me? Mm, that one is deep. See, that's hard to Ouch. like. That's one you nobody ever wants to say yes to because it's like, do you intentionally wish harm on somebody um, who doesn't agree with you or do what you want? Or we can also put in here somebody who's hurt you, right? Do yeah, you, that's true. Do you intentionally want something bad to happen to them? Um, all right, last one, number thirty. We did pretty good. I don't have a. We're way into this episode, but number thirty, last one. Do I freak out if people even talk about their religious or political beliefs if they don't match mine? Like I really don't think anyone else should have to get free will, but me. I'm telling you, this right here is our culture to the T. It right is now. to the T that if somebody believes something religiously, politically, that is against us, it's like how dare you. How could you possibly ever think that, agree with that, believe that, right? Um, there are a lot of Christians who spew venom at people who agree with certain things that they vehemently disagree with, right? Like, you know, this is the abortion argument back and forth. This yeah. is this is gay marriage all the time. Like, it's you just spew this stuff, freak out, lose your mind when people disagree with you. Um, like, like uh We've had we've had family gatherings at Thanksgivings and Christmases and stuff. I'm not going to mention anybody in particular, but where somebody brought up you know something politically, and it was like somebody's going to have to leave the room. Like it was that bad because there was a difference of opinion, and one person just could not. There's no how could you ever believe that? How could you ever think that? How could you ever watch CNN or whatever it was? You know what I mean? Like. It was just this nastiness. This is it's all uh, over our culture. Yeah, um, that's all thirty. So, if you answered yes to several of these, which was Steph and I, <laughs> or um, maybe all of them, uh, it's time to consider that you might have a significant issue with the spirit of offense in your life. That you are um, sort of ruled by the enemy wanting you to be offended constantly. Like so. Steph and I had to answer yes to quite a few. We were being honest with you. Don't and judge. that's hard to do. Don't judge us. <laughs> um, so that means, you know, we struggle with a spirit of offense. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we both had somebody godly call out in our lives. So all that just kind of goes yeah. together. Um, Love you, Val. <laughs> here's the truth. Uh, criticizing other people is super easy to do. It's really simple. It requires hardly anything. But looking at yourself and your own faults and taking responsibility for changing yourself is really hard. Yep. Right? So it's much easier just to be offended and to criticize somebody else than it is to actually go, wait a minute, 
what's my portion of this? Like, why why do I care so much what somebody else, <laughs> you know what I mean, thinks, believes, says, right? You know, why does it bother me so much? Those kind of things. It's much harder to look at yourself. And so, you know, it's human nature to go around blaming others and pointing out, pointing your fingers at all the other people and discuss while we believe we're wonderful, we're good, we're great, we're virtuous. Um, it takes incredible spiritual maturity. Like, you have to be really growing in your faith to be willing to honestly look at yourself and your own issues, you know, instead of just looking at what other people have. And see, that spirit of offense just takes the it takes the spotlight off of you. It does. You don't have anything to work on, and it puts it on you looking at everybody else's issues. Um, it takes a lot of spiritual maturity to be like, hold up, hold up. I need to look at the mirror first. Like, like don't be so quick to to be so offended by others because the biggest problem you got stares you in the mirror every single morning. That's right. Every single morning. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody else got nothing to do with that but you. Um, God really calls us to take responsibility for our own lives first. Like that's when Jesus talks about removing the beam from your own eye, right? Remove that log from your own eye before you go worrying about removing a speck from a neighbor's eye. In other words, you're dealing with something that's much, much bigger than the little thing that you're offended about by somebody else. You know what I mean? So instead of, you, right. instead of you constantly worrying about your coworker, your wife, your kids, church people, whatever, um, taking this little speck out of their eye, the little, the little um, toothpick out of their eye, you probably need to pay attention in the mirror and look and see the log that's staring in yours. That's what Jesus points out. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's obviously the way that we conquer anything like this is to really let the gospel be applied to us, right? Like let the, let the gospel of Jesus apply to you. Um, he loves you more than anything. He's died for you. But the reason he died for you is because you are horrible, right? Not because somebody else is horrible, because you are horrible. Um, and your heart is nasty, Yeah, you know? And so you got to apply the gospel to yourself. You know, the real way to start attacking this, and we'll get into it more, but the real way to start attacking a spirit of offense is to really, you know, preach the gospel to yourself. Um, so me and Steph, to sum up, we're offended. Yes. By everything. But we're working on it. But we're working it. on With it. With the Holy Spirit. We're working on it. Um, so maybe you can go through that list. We'll throw those into the description. You can go back and look at it wherever you listen to the podcast, Spotify or Apple. And we'll probably throw them on social media, although that's a long post, but we'll throw them out there those 30 things to help you determine if you are working with a spirit of offense. And next week we're going to go into sort of what the word says about being offended. Um, and it's pretty deep actually. Yeah. Um, and it'll set up kind of us walking through what being offended is actually doing to you in your life. Right. So um, if you listen next week, it's probably because you just failed this test and that's why you came back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we all got something to work on. We do. We do. That's what we do on this podcast. But yeah. I don't know about any of the rest of them, but here we want to we wanna tear you down so we can help you build back up. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you really like this, please share it with someone else that you know, not because they're you know they're offended or whatever, yeah. but share it with them because this is a good thing to listen to. We all can benefit from this. And on top of that, if you have a long drive coming up, play this. That's exactly right. <laughs> listen to these questions and feel very convicted like I am right now. Yeah. I'm coming back to it for and, real. And give yeah. peacefulwife.com some love. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you next all time. Right, thank you. Bye. 
Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.